0: This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central.
1: So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the
2: Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe.
3: Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the Barbecue Central Show. Yes, the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on a Tuesday. We broadcast live and direct from the rock and roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And when we're talking North Coast, I, of course, mean the North Coast of Cleveland. Lord knows it's no vacation destination <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. All right, here we go. Big show plan for you. As always, let me give you some contact information in case you want to jump in on the show tonight. 877-448-0433 is the uh, number. And hey, that's what it is. It's the number to get in touch with the show. Greg at the BBQ Central show.com is the email address in case you want to jump in. Big first hour planned. We're going to be joined by John Marcus. He happens to be an Emmy Award winning TV producer. And he has a brand new show coming out this Saturday, Memorial Day weekend. Which, in essence, is probably one of the best times to uh, debut a new show if you're going to get into that type of business. This is the weekend that many people will actually roll out the grills for the first time, roll out the smokers for the first time, and get down and dirty when it comes to the world of barbecue and grilling because those people have a season. Uh, We have no season. We're here all year round, baby. So if you're a seasonal griller, buck up, tamper. It's okay when the weather changes. doesn't mean that the grill isn't going to work. Come on now. Get it out there. Get your charcoal and your gas. I have both. I have propane. I have gas. I have a mixture of both. I have none of many. When it's cold out, it's really – that's when the food tastes best, in my opinion. People that live in environments that have no uh, th- thermo, thermo-geographical change – that's not even a word – really miss out on what it's like to have a burning hot steak when it's 30 degrees below zero. Just my uh, Just my opinion because I've never – lived anywhere where there hasn't been a change of season. I'm very envious, of, actually, of those that don't have any seasonal changes. But nevertheless, uh, John Marcus will be joining us next segment. So that will start in about 11 minutes. We'll carry him over into the third segment. So if you've always wanted to ask John a question, you can feel free to use the email address once again. That is greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. I don't know about phone calls. I mean, we can try it out. We can see how well they mix in. Of course, I have a laundry list of things that I would like to get to myself. I think I ask pretty good questions, uh, but we'll see how it goes. If there's one that uh, in particular jumps up that maybe I forgot to ask, I like to think I've put in enough time, enough effort uh, in this portion of the show to – make sure I'm asking all the right questions to the most important people as they relate to the world of barbecue and grilling. So it'll be John Marcus coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Also, maybe you haven't uh, noticed, and I don't know for sure if I'm actually on or not, so anybody on the uh, instant feedback chat can help me out here. Uh, We've gone away from Ustream for the live video, and we are now officially announcing, officially now, all video feeds from now on outdoor dot that's right my man kevin bevington of uh, home com has launched outdoor cooking channel now uh, into a number of months and it's going very well and as i was kind of surveying the land kevin and i have been doing a lot of discussion off air and thought you know you stream is okay for what it is but why not I'm a brand guy. I love the branding. Make sure that, you know, I'm getting my thing out there and I want to help people if, if I'm able to help anybody. But I want to help people that I believe are making a contribution to this industry that we all uh, love so dearly. And it made more sense to me to offload Ustream altogether and jump on uh, Kevin's bandwagon and provide some type of entertainment. And he has allowed me to do the live show here for two hours every Tuesday and then Thursday in case you miss something on the live show. You like to see the video side of things. Uh, we own, I think, like two hours on Thursday evenings as well. So big thank you to Kevin Bevington, A, for putting together Outdoor Cooking Channel. If you haven't perused the website, and a number of you are on The uh, number of you on the website right now. See what's on demand. See some of the other shows that are coming up. A lot of people you've probably heard of already. Maybe there's some that you haven't. A lot of people I've had on this show are going to be contributing to outdoor cooking channels. So make sure you peruse the whole website. And I'm happy to have uh, Kevin. Well, I'm happy that Kevin is having me on his website. And this has to be one of the best moves ever in the form of the Barbecue Central radio show uh, on video. I'm I'm still not a fan of me on video. I'm still not sure exactly what the draw is to have the video camera looking in on the microphone. Birds. Damn birds. they got the door open in the back. The birds are chiming in. Uh, I'm still not quite sure what the fascination of seeing me talking in a microphone is, but if that's what you want, I'm more than happy. To provide that, I'm actually going to be upgrading the equipment starting next week to a high-definition webcam, too. So I've been doing much debating and getting a lot of uh, counseling in that regard. So that's the first hour, along with a diatribe that I just had that didn't relate anything to do with the show. Second hour, second hour, I hope you've brought a pen, a pencil, some type of writing utensil. Because Malcolm Reed of the competition team called Killer Hogs, who's been on the show before is going to break every single possible rule and give you bite through chicken skin recipes right here on the show. What? Nobody has ever I've done bountiful amounts of chicken round tables and inevitably when I say what's the secret to bite through chicken skin in competition people become um, ever so dare I say I don't know silent in that regard nobody ready to step out and really Give me what I want. I say, hey, how do you get through that uh, bite through chicken skin? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Yeah, that's, that's about what I get. It's crickets. Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, huge ups to my man uh, Scott Nelson from yeah.
1: Swine, Swine
3: Assassins. you got to love it. I mean, look at the shirt. I'm like electric all over here. Thanks to Scott Nelson. Uh, He sent that in. You send me your shirt. I wear it on the show. You get publicity. It's just that simple. It's it's, it's fantastic, by the way. Uh, Anybody, maybe, (laughs) I'm using the uh, applause button like crazy tonight. Did anybody notice? Where's the cough button when you need it? I don't know if anybody noticed or not, but we're all supposed to be dead by now uh, since about 6 o'clock last Saturday evening. Hey, Robert Camp or Richard Camp? (laughs) Redo your math, loser. We're all still here, and we're all happy and fat. That's right. you got to hone up. you got to kind of get a little better hold on your math there, partner. Of course, the bottom line and the bad news of this whole thing is we're all going to be dead October 21st. In many respects, that's not very good for a lot of people. Uh, The benefit, of course, if that's correct, is the fact that we are going to forego... All of the said earthquakes that were supposed to happen Saturday where they opened up millions of graves and all of these people that have been rotting in the ground are all kind of open up and they're just stenching all over. the Millions of people are dying and all of this other stuff. And we get to see – well, depending on if you're you know, saved or not. I'm not you know necessarily a religious guy here. I'm just telling you what I uh, saw on the YouTube. But – You'll, you would see you like rapture happening. People are going up into heaven, and people that don't make it are just going to be on the earth uh, in piles and piles of dead bodies and stench. And then on top of all that, there will be hundreds of thousands of people dying every day after that all the way up until October 21st. Well, the good news is we don't have to go through any of that stenching and uh, thousands and hundreds and thousands of people dying and all of that stuff. No, we don't have to. Um Now we can just look forward to October 21st where the world and the universe just blows up and everybody checks out all at the same time. That's what I like. I like that. It's a great idea. So I hope for your case, uh, Mr. Richard Camp, that your math works out. I really want your math to be right because I would hate to think that you could possibly look like this much of a straight-up loser. Twice in one year, once almost forgivable, twice this bad. I mean, if the world doesn't end, bro, where do you recover from? Where do you go from here? Do you pick up an English teaching language job or something like that? Because your math is going to be like pretty unreputable. At that point, it would be like serving raw chicken twice at the same barbecue competition in successive weekends it would be outlandish you could never show your face there again you would have to instead go do something completely different than what you're doing right now outlandish so uh, for your case, Richard is it Richard dick camp I don't know I hope your math kind of you know picks up of course for everybody else in the whole world I hope you're wrong because I would rather continue to do the show every Tuesday on the Outdoor Cooking Channel, brought to you by the Barbecue Central Radio Networks, uh, than being dead. Because as the great Tony Rizzo here on ESPN 850 WKNR says, it's good to be alive, baby. Think about it. It's good to be alive. What's the alternative? Well, according to uh, Richard Camp, it's death. Death. So, you know, good to be alive, great to be alive, and great to be alive with you. All right, uh, gang, we're going to uh, step away real quick, load up John Marcus. Quick reminder about my friend Stephen DeFranco right here in the beautiful, historic downtown Willoughby, Ohio. He is a jeweler to the stars, talk show stars, barbecue competition stars. When you're making that walk down the aisle and you're styling and profiling, telling all of the other pitmasters to suck it because you just won that category, because you just won overall grand champion, you don't want to have your wrist naked. No, you don't. You want to have a awesome custom timepiece from like Phillips & Company or Boliva or Citizens Eco Drive, man. And then... You can walk that aisle and style and profile. That's right, baby, just like the Nature Boy. But you got to do it one way and one way only. You have to go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's website, scroll down, and click on the Stephen DeFranco Jeweler banner. Then, after you peruse the wide selection of watches, you call in directly to the store, ask for Steve. Say, hey, Steve. Heard about you on BCRN looked at your watches, now I'm calling in for the best pricing because I'm a barbecue brother, or if you're a lady, a barbecue sister, and I want the hookup, so give it up, and he'll do it. You won't be disappointed. It's Stephen DeFranco Jewelers right here in Cleveland, Ohio, right there on the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage. We're back with John Marcus after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening
2: to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. He was already here at
4: thebarbecuguru.com. From the amazing guru that monitors and controls the temperatures of any charcoal, wood, or electric pit, to the Caldera Tallboy Knockdown Smoker. Yes, it breaks down and stores flat, yet it's still a robust, sturdy, portable cooker and smokehouse. It also serves as an efficient temperature-controlled convection oven using wood or charcoal. The Tallboy is designed to fit all catering pans and can be used as a warming oven. You can cook in any style you choose, like ribs, chicken, jerky, vegetables, smoked cheese, whatever you want. Take it to KCBS Competition and unload it from the truck of your car. TheBarbecueGuru.com is where you'll find the Caldera 3-Bay Caterer. It's stainless steel and uses charcoal or sterno for chafing purposes. And it doubles as a 3-Bay sink or wash station with hot water and knocks down in seconds with no tools required for transportation and storage. The future of barbecue is here at TheBarbecueGuru.com. That's www.thebbqguru.com. Or call 1-800-288-GURU.
0: Forget going from site to site to get all of your barbecue and grilling supplies, and make your first and final stop at FredsMusicAndBarbecue.com. In the market for a new barbecue pit? We have all the big name brands like Big Green Egg and more. As a matter of fact, Freds is staffed by eggheads and carries all the parts and accessories for the Big Green Egg. More of a pellet head, you say? Freds is the pellet grill superstore with grills in stock from Traeger, Green Mountain, and Country Smokers from Louisiana Grills. Freds also carries smokers from Cookshack, Bradley, and Weber, as well as a full line of charcoal grills. And once you're outfitted with your new smoker, or grill you'll find absolutely everything you need to make your barbecue or grilling experience a success fred is also the creator and distributor of tasty licks barbecue products including their great line of rubs spices and sauces you gotta try them and you can also get your hands on a full lineup of marinades accessories lump charcoal wood chips pellets chunks and even the great grilling tools from steven Reichlin of barbecue U fame check out fred on the web at freds music or check out their fully stocked showroom in beautiful shillington pa
2: Introducing Cosmos Q. Cosmos Q injections and marinades use only the finest ingredients, and they mix easily, never clotting or caking. From our beef injection to our pork injection, you're guaranteed to wow your friends, family, and judges. And don't forget to check out our Cosmos Chicken Soak for that moist and tender chicken you're going to love.
3: And don't forget about Cosmo's new pork soak and rubs.
2: (laughs) You can find us at CosmosQ.com and select retailers across the nation. For quality injections, marinades, and rubs, it's Cosmos. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
3: Alright, welcome back. 16 past the hour. This portion of the show being brought to you by the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices, not to mention a host of other products that make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Hey, by the way, they just happen to be one of the best barbecue competition cooking teams out there on the circuit. How about a reserve grand champ at last year's Jack Daniels? Thank you very little. Two ways to find them. On the phone, 800-288-GURU. G-U-R-U, by the way. Or online, the BBQGuru.com. It's a good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. Don't forget, coming up at 10.05 tonight, we have Malcolm Reed from Killer Hogs Barbecue Competition Cooking Team. To give away all the secrets through uh, bite through chicken skin for competition. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But as promised, joining me now to talk about his new barbecue TV show, he's an Emmy Award winning producer, also the pitmaster of Central Pork West. We race over to the hotline and pull up John Marcus. John, how are you tonight?
5: Great. It's great to be here. How are you?
3: I'm absolutely fantastic, John. Always appreciate you making time for the show and lots to get to tonight. First things first, you have personally had, is it four barbecue shows now that have been on TV in some form or fashion, I believe? Is it four?
5: What. Well, the show that premieres on May 28th at 2 p.m. on CBS will be my fifth. Oh,
3: fifth. Okay, so I'm one-off. Almost Four have been on. That's right, four have been on, so this will be the fifth one. Uh, There have been other attempts by different networks, including the one that is currently airing Sunday nights on the Food Network called Best in Smoke.
5: Uh, Greg, is that a barbecue show? Uh,
3: Well, I think we're going to get into that a little bit if you let me lead you. Uh, As (laughs) someone yourself who has had their share of barbecue concepts hit the screen, and as someone who's an expert in the field holding you know the particular subject matter at hand, but just as someone in the industry. From a professional perspective, John, what are your feelings about the Best in Smoke effort?
5: Well, one of the things I'm grateful about for Best in Smoke by Food Network is that it makes my last barbecue show on TLC look like Citizen Kane. <laughs> so, I've, I have to say, you know, I... I am big fans of all the competitors. I mean, I, I adore Sarah Horowitz. I just think she is like a fabulous cook. She's a chef. She's a great competitor. She's a wonderful TV presence. But I feel for all these people who I admire and like on what humiliation they were, they were put through for this series.
3: So um, I mean, what goes into it? Are these people are cast, and do things change on the fly? I, I talked to Chris Lilly uh, for about twenty minutes last week, and it seemed—well, he didn't really come out and say it—I was getting the vibe that he might have been sold one bag of goods and was given a complete other one when they showed up in New York City.
5: I'm shocked <laughs> that the Food Network would show so little integrity toward barbecue. Just shocked. I mean maybe there was a slip-up, a memo didn't get sent properly. I mean of course these people would just show nothing but great admiration for the art, the culinary practice of barbecue. Uh, Just frankly, I mean every time I come at a TV show – and I may have my my detractors and people that don't like what TLC did in its second season. But know that a love of barbecue was underneath everything we attempted to do
3: have Have you guys ever gotten together by you guys? I mean you and Food Network? Has there ever been a potential relationship of putting something together that has to do with barbecue between you guys or never
5: between me and the food and food t v yes uh, they have never approached me, and i don't have their numbers
3: so would it is it just in your opinion an attempt to kind of gravy train off of kind of what they 're hearing about? barbecue being popular and trying to throw something together on their own almost willy-nilly
5: i basically think that uh the powers that be the brain trust at the food network got together and said how can we combine cooking outside in bad weather with the amazing race (laughs) it's it's they must have thought we you know this barbecue stuff that that marcus guy whoever he is it's just so boring because barbecue is like watching paint dry. We can't do that on food TV. We're Guy Fieri's network. We're Rachel Ray. We we're all about like excitement and laughs and big personalities. We've got to inject that into barbecue or it's no good. That's what they must have done. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for those meetings.
3: So is it a show that you watch and like to pick apart or is it a show that you don't watch regardless of the fact that you have uh, you know, some relationship with the, with, with the people on there?
5: Well listen, like I said, I, I, I really I'm I'm a big admirer of all those people. Uh you know, the shed, those that brother and sister I think are fabulous people. As you know, Chris is one of my teachers. I consider him to be really like the one of the Mount Rushmore faces of barbecue. Yeah. He's that, that kind of guy and that kind of talent. And uh Sarah, I love, I've told you that. And Famous Dave, I got to meet at the NBBQA, and I thought he was a fantastic guy. And who can argue with the success this man has taken barbecue and turned it into, like, you know, a real mainstay in the Midwest? Right. Um, and then that, that dude with the tattoos that hates children who cooks meat. Uh, and has no
3: personality.
5: He doesn't, but you know what? He is what he is, right? <laughs> and, and he's, he's a, a He's, a scare, he's a a a scared of the camera. The
3: he will not he's look ta- at the camera. He will not look at the camera regardless.
5: Yeah, you know, you almost have to admire someone that can't even look into a camera. I know exactly in today's world, right? Instead of the world of where everyone has to be a desperate housewife or whatever (laughs) or famous housewife, so he's like he's being himself, right? So these are all quality people that have been put into the Barnum and Bailey world, which is like make them run, make them jump, make them be judged by children. I mean, this is the the underlying subtext is we hate what you do. We hate what you do, and we want America to see how much we hate it, and maybe you'll fall down or be humiliated in doing it. I mean, listen, I've made people kill frogs and cook fish and all that stuff, but at the bottom line is I love what they do.
3: And it couldn't be, and, it couldn't be any farther from what is actually happening on every weekend.
5: Uh, you know, I, I think that manipulation and humiliation, look, it broke my heart on the TLC show that they insisted that someone be sent home. And I argued that point till I was blue in the face. I asked them to reconsider. But it really did come down to economics in the sense that we had originally started with four people and they found it very difficult on our budget to cover those four. So they thought economically maybe we can send one home. It was really one of the darkest days of my involvement in barbecue television. It was dark and I was unhappy about it. I could walk off the show, but then I would have been abandoning the people that I really love who are yeah. on the show. You know, I was just out in Las Vegas, Greg, on the, uh, for Ronnie Cates' contest. Yeah. And I cooked in it. And, you know, I mean, Mo Kaysan was there. And uh, this has got to be one of, the, like, the giants as far as people in barbecue. The man has got a huge heart. He's a great guy. Neil Strotter was out there. And I like being around these people. And... I like being having my feet on the ground and cooking around them because they can make fun of me, but they know I'm standing out in the heat trying to master a brisket like all of them. Right. Uh, but TV is TV, uh, and and I just think that if you look at the lineup on Food TV, they basically we would vote they vote for personality over over content. And, and I hope – I bet you they're not even listening to this network, which they should be. I'm mad. I, wanna, I want to talk to these folks.
3: Yeah, you, you sounded like you're steaming a little bit. It's uh, John Marcus, by the way.
5: I mean, I took so much crap for the last show I did on TLC. I hope all those people are watching this show.
3: This is a, a great segue that you make, John. And I was going to say it was funny because I'm sure you recall when the first season – the first season of Pitmasters aired, it it did come under a little bit of fire within our sect of barbecue. The format was revamped for the second season. Other networks came in with their own concepts, and all of a sudden the same critics that were really panning Pitmasters season one were now referencing it as the model that all barbecue shows should be like. And that was the concept that will get barbecue on and kind of keep it on wherever it eventually would land. So taking stock of the last few years and what you've been able to accomplish is there a little bit of you know you see I, I did know what i was doing here to the folks that originally thought that pitmaster season one really wasn't that good of a concept
5: um you know i always try to look forward really i i i i think that every every show takes on its own life and the people who were really opposed to the second season it was a very vocal minority mm-hmm. very vocal and as I always say when I post on the barbecue forum, just come at me. I'm willing to take everything and hear everything. But I do think that there are elements in the food TV show that are direct ripoffs of what they saw on our show. And let's face it. There's, it's a barbecue contest for TV. There's only so much you can do. But unfortunately, I think Food TV feels they have to do so much to make it interesting that I'm worried on the next episode they're going to shoot somebody and ask them to cook. (laughs) How will you cook if we shoot you in the leg? Uh,
3: You know, uh, uh, there has to be. There has to. This is. uh, I'm going to diverge here um, just for a second here, John. And you know, for the people that don't know uh, John Marcus, or they haven't done the IMDb and gone through your whole history, see what you've actually done. I mean, you're a guy of television. You've worked in a number of different shows, a number of different, uh, you know, drama and comedy and all this uh, stuff. Very accomplished. So as you see how the evolution of television has taken place. Let's, you know, just start from the Cosby show for instance. Here was a sitcom, it was a black family. That was kind of uh, I don't it wasn't out of the ordinary at the time, but you didn't see a lot of all black comedies that were out there about black families. A huge success. Bill Cosby one of the premier comedic talents even to this day by far. And then somehow we've evolved into Like uh, Pit Boss where midgets are saving uh, uh, pit bulls that could easily eat them and we're watching in fascination in hopes that they do get eaten or their head is bitten off or you have teenage moms that are on television on MTV almost promoting to have sex at an early age and it's okay if you have a baby and you're 16. Where has television
5: gone, John? Um, Into the toilet. (laughs) I mean, I expect the next reality show to be Who Wants My Kidney? <laughs> because what t- TV has become – and listen, I don't want to rant and rave about this like grandpa. I mean, the truth is there's some of the, some of the greatest dr- drama now is being written. There's a golden age of drama going on. I see the bottle is half full. I mean, you've got Mad Men on AMC. You've got some really great drama. The Good Wife is a fantastic hour drama. Comedy, you know, I think there's some, cla- there's some classic comedy that's going to be coming soon. But, but you know, TV can only reflect the culture, Greg. It can only be giving the people what the people are asking for. And I think that we in the creative community in television, we did, le- we did let people down to a degree. Our sitcoms got stale. We were only writing what we knew from television. We weren't living our lives and writing about our lives. So stories got stale and audiences were sitting at home going, well, I know where this is going to go. I see these jokes coming. I mean, people like seeing Two and a Half Men. It's a wonderful sex romp. It's a body television show and people love it. But I think generally we've basically been giving them back what it is they – we've been regurgitating. TV has become inscripted like what happens when cousins get married. <laughs>
3: Or perhaps a a more profound uh, tieback exactly to our industry. It's the team that takes a cooking class and immediately applies everything that they just glean from the team flavor profile-wise to their next event and continues to almost perpetuate a vanilling of flavor profiles.
5: That's exactly right. I mean it's basically uh, like – a metaphor for all of the entertainment business is that a bunch of people are standing around and they see lightning strike a tree, so they run over to that tree hoping to get another one. And, and that's what happens in cooking, too. People take a Johnny Trigg class or a Myron Mixon class and they parrot what all these giants are doing, and that doesn't allow them to become the next Johnny Trigg. They're, they're basically just copycatting and there's no imagination or risk-taking or... You know, all the good stuff comes from people like saying, I think I'm going to try something new here and make it my own because in our culture, it's not being rewarded anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 it's true. It, it, I think it's all related. You're correct to, to link it all together.
3: John Mark is joining us here on the show. All right, John. So the big day almost upon us. It's going to be this Saturday. I believe you said it was uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard on CBS. The Ultimate Barbecue Showdown will debut. Trusted bloggers from around the interwebs have said that the show might most closely compare to the OLN series that you did originally. Uh, but before we get into the format, John, let's not lose sight of this small fact. And that's this show is going to be on not OLN, not Versus, not TLC, but freaking CBS. So from a landing point, John, this had to have been a huge coup for you in the entire barbecue world. How were you able to manage that deal?
5: Well, you know, I, I, I have to give a lot of credit. And most of the credit goes to a guy named Jay Peterson who is uh, uh, one of the partners uh, at Original Media, which is the production company that did the TLC show. And Jay is a very smart guy. He's very resourceful. He's one of these old-time type – he's a young guy and he's an old-time type TV producer in that he's always looking for an opportunity. And uh, he was in discussions with some people at CBS – who were looking to fill these summer sports blocks, where in co-production, I think, with CBS and TBS are these major sporting events where they're selling the real estate of television. We need things to happen in between these blocks. And Jay heard that and jumped right in and said, yeah, I think you guys got to do barbecue. It's a natural fit. They they jumped on it. And I got to say, what you're going to see on Saturday represents, whether you like it or not, my purest attempt at making a true, authentic, entertaining barbecue show. And the reason that we were able to do this was we got zero interference from the network. Zero. No one was controlling what we did or dictating the things, as, or, or ca- we cast it the way we wanted to. The rules were the way we wanted them. And then I was able to do something that I've been wanting to do since we start, tried it on OLN, which is film the judging, tape the judging, and allow our cookers to watch the comments that were being done blindly, and they were able to talk back to the television screen. So it was almost—it
3: was almost yeah. like the uh, the Johnny Trigg rib uh, shoot off in the the se- season two at the end there.
5: Or it se- really season was. One. Right. But 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 what was great about this is I was allowed to really select the judges I felt embodied barbecue more than anything. And 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 even though we had great judging, we had great judging on that TLC Johnny Trigg shootout. This represented everyone that was available that I really, really wanted to begin with. We got everybody, and and we got our first choices, and I mean, we got Mike Lake on a judging panel. Where's that button you have with all the cheers on it, Greg?
3: Sorry. Here we go. (laughs) Mike Lake! Former KCBS president and uh, well accomplished uh, KCBS cooker as well. So I mean, couple that with Chris Lilly, a uh, fine palate there, and, and a judge, obviously a competitor. So and uh, Doctor Barbecue Ray Lampy, rounding out right. the competition team, certainly very credible when it comes to judges. And uh, that's really one of the more crucial aspects to the show, I would
5: imagine. It, it really is because it's like when you got those four cooks who are championship cooks looking up at that table and seeing that these are people that are of impeccable credentials when it comes to barbecue, impeccable, that their food is going to be judged by the best, well, then they better not complain about anything. Like we didn't have one person complain about what happened with the judging, which used to happen on the other show. What happens on this show is that people really take every word to heart that the judges utter. And if they're going to turn on anybody during the judging process, they turned on each other, the cooks, <laughs> which was totally unexpected. But they sort of were like a pack of wild dogs turning on the wounded dog, which was great. It was great TV and it was all done in good fun. And so um, I am incredibly proud of this this show. I hope we get to do more. I mean, Jay, like I said, Jay Peterson really found the opportunity – And then we were allowed through a budget. He spent money, and I think he even spent money out of his own pocket this time around. Wow.
3: Uh,
2: We
5: we were able to get it done.
3: And this is going to be CBS this coming Saturday at 2 p.m., correct?
5: 2 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, and uh, it's a one-hour show.
3: All right, John, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We'll get into, uh, as much as you can share, format, who's going to be on, uh, maybe some of the other inner workings as far as the deal that you were able to strike with CBS, and uh, we'll end it and uh, we'll let you go from there and wish you nothing but luck. So uh, hang with me through the commercial break here, if you will, and we will come right back with more talk with John Marcus here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. We're talking about the ultimate barbecue showdown that's going to be starting. Oh, for the love of Mike. Let's try that again. Uh, We're going to be talking about the ultimate barbecue showdown that will be on 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Saturday. So set your DVRs if you're not going to be there watching it. And that way, uh, already getting a lot of instant feedback on the chat. People are going to be DVRing this one. Lots of high hopes. So John already is. Uh, the weight is already mounting for you, my friend. All right, we'll come back with more. With from with, we'll come back with more from John Marcus right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks.
4: Barbecue is already here at thebarbecueguru.com. From the amazing guru that monitors and controls the temperatures of any charcoal, wood, or electric pit to the Caldera Tallboy knockdown smoker, yes, it breaks down and stores flat. Yet it's still a robust, sturdy, portable cooker and smokehouse. It also serves as an efficient temperature-controlled convection oven using wood or charcoal. The Tallboy is designed to fit all catering pans and can be used as a warming oven. You can cook in any style you choose: make ribs, chicken, jerky, vegetables, smoked cheese, whatever you want. Take it to KCBS competitions and unload it from the truck of your car. The BarbecueGuru.com is where you'll find the Caldera three-bay caterer. It's stainless steel and uses charcoal or sterno for chafing purposes. And it doubles as a three-bay sink or wash station with hot water and knocks down in seconds with no tools required for transportation and storage. The future of barbecue is here at barbecueguru.com. That's www.thebbqguru.com or call 1-800-288-GURU.
0: Forget going from site to site to get all of your barbecue and grilling supplies, and make your first and final stop at FredsMusicAndBarbecue.com. In the market for a new barbecue pit? We have all the big name brands like Big Green Egg and more. As a matter of fact, Freds is staffed by eggheads and carries all the parts and accessories for the Big Green Egg. More of a pellet head, you say? Freds is the pellet grill superstore with grills in stock from Traeger, Green Mountain, and Country Smokers from Louisiana Grills. Freds also carries smokers from Cookshack, Bradley, and Weber, as well as a full line of charcoal grills. And once you're outfitted with your new smoker, or grill you'll find absolutely everything you need to make your barbecue or grilling experience a success fred is also the creator and distributor of tasty licks barbecue products including their great line of rubs spices and sauces you gotta try them and you can also get your hands on a full lineup of marinades accessories lump charcoal wood chips pellets chunks and even the great grilling tools from Stephen Reichlin of barbecue you fame check out fred on the web at freds music or check out their fully stocked showroom in beautiful shillington pa
2: Introducing Cosmos Q. Cosmos Q injections and marinades use only the finest ingredients, and they mix easily, never clotting or caking. From our beef injection to our pork injection, you're guaranteed to wow your friends, family, and judges. And don't forget to check out our Cosmos Chicken Soak for that moist and tender chicken you're going to (laughs) love.
3: And don't forget about Cosmo's new pork soak and rubs.
0: <laughs>
2: <clears throat> you can find us at CosmosQ.com and select retailers across the nation. For quality injections, marinades, and rubs, it's Cosmos Q. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
3: 20 minutes till the top of the hour this portion of the show being brought to you by the good folks over at Yoder's Smoky Mountain Barbecue, the leading online retailer of Meadow Creek barbecue equipment. Their barbecue smokers and grills are handcrafted in the Amish country of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, helping you enjoy easy and profitable barbecues for years to come. You can find them on the Internet at SiriusBBQs. It's plural, SiriusBBQs.com. You can also opt into their mailing list for barbecue secrets and all that good stuff. Laverne Gingrich and the good folks over at Yoder's Smoky Mountain Barbecue. Be sure to check them out if you're looking into a cooker. All right, we return with our talk of John Marcus. We're talking about the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown coming on this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. No need to look high on the cable dial. It's going to be right there on CBS. Uh, so, John, give us some format of the show. What will we be seeing this weekend? And more importantly, perhaps, who will we be watching on the television and rooting?
5: Um, I can. I think I can reveal at this time on your show who our four competitors are. even It's probably been listed in some of the TV guides that are out there. But um, basically – Let's talk about the format. It was really important to me that we not overload the show because both the great people at Kingsford who sponsor this show and the people at CBS agreed that process was a really critical part of making this show work. I was was just so gratified to have them come to us and say, show people how we do this. I mean – we want them to do it in their backyard. We want to make it an accessible world, and we want to show that these people that do win money out there are doing things that anybody can learn. So we got to kind of not focus on any other things like a host or, uh, or a French chef or whatever the hell. We focused on pork and meat, chicken, and we just sort of said, let's make this stuff. The format really does provide for – it's basically a KCBS contest – Although what I love is Mike Lake, who is like – to me, it's like having George Washington on the show. <laughs> My, Mike Lake, who is – I don't know if you know this about him. He was a guy who was in special ops in the service. I didn't know that. He, he, he's the real deal. And he said to me, now listen, John, you're making one little change in these rules. We can't say that we're doing KCBS rules because there's something we're doing that's not. Mm. And I'll tell you, when that guy talks, I said, okay, would you be willing to say – that it's similar to KCBS rules, and he said, "Yes, sir, I will do that."
3: So, so wh- I mean, what was the rule that was holding it back from you guys being able to say that?
5: I'm going to give this as a little tease. <laughs> Let's just say I didn't want these barbecue cooks going out there making just chicken thighs. Gotcha. How about if I say that? Gotcha. <laughs> because I think that's a crutch, and I'm I do it too. I just did it out in Las Vegas. I ain't going to hand in a breast. I mean, we all know better than doing that. But you know what? Right. It's not right. I, I think that the rules should be white and dark meat. That's all I'll say. So that, so we were doing something so close to a KCBS contest. So those, those folks out there in the barbecue world that um, are getting to watch Best in Smoke right now, uh, I want to tell them that you're not going to come any closer to a KCBS contest than this show ever. And that's what they cook. The four competitors are – I think like really loom large in their own way. I'll start with uh, Big Mista's Barbecue, Neil Strader, who I used on the other show. Yep. You know, he's he's gotten a lot of rankings in L.A., especially People's Choice type of awards and his street food and the stuff he does. We had him in, uh, and of course we had uh, the great Bubba Q, Bubba Latimer, and his wife Shannon. Mm-hmm. People that I've also used. We had the inimitable, the indefatigable. Tuffy Stone okay. out of Virginia, of course. Cool smoke. This is a man who, uh, whose energy and grace and class are so fantastic. This is one of the guys I brought to Kuwait, which you and I haven't talked about, Greg. Um, my trip to Kuwait. And then we basically, I wanted the theme of the show can you beat Myron's ass? <laughs> can you beat his ass? Meaning the guy who – can I say that, Greg? Yeah,
3: you can say the F word too if you want.
5: Well, I'm trying to take the high road here. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh, But uh, but Myron Mixon was the guy we rounded it out with, and those are your four competitors.
3: So now that you're on CBS, does he – uh, I guess if you're if you're gonna hearken back to Pitmasters one, there seemed to be a lot of uh, this sound effect being, uh, oh, am I not going to have it. Uh, the, the sensor beep seemed to be f- flying around quite a bit on Pitmasters. We're uh, we gonna see a lot of sensor beep as well on uh, on CBS show or not?
5: Well, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And one of the consequences <laughs> of being on Saturday afternoon on a network, and believe me, you got no complaints here was that we just needed to mind our language a little bit more. You will see, as we say in the business, some lip flap. But um, CBS wisely believes, and I agree with them, that a bleep, all that does is accent the bad word. So you'll just see the sound drop out. And let's just say that the person who needed the most sounds dropping out Would be the man from Unadilla, Georgia.
3: Well, to be fair to Myron, uh, I've had him on the show a number of times, uh, well-dating before he actually got on the the Pitmaster Season 1. Never, ever has dropped one swear word, maybe a damn here or there, but been nothing more than an unflappable gentleman here on this show. So... Uh, it, it's. I, I would at least anticipate he would be able to professionalize it up a little bit uh, just to make sure that uh, we're keeping everybody satisfied when it comes to the uh, the FCC and all of the uh, communications divisions that watch that stuff.
5: Well, Myron being Myron, let's just say there were a couple of fucks that slipped out. Oh, watch out. All right. I, I'm, I'm not allowed to say <laughs> No, but you can say no. that. You gave me permission. Yeah, but, no. We're, however, we're... but he was remarkably restrained. And listen, Myron doesn't have to resort to that. You know, to be entertaining, he knows it, and he didn't. But because we're on the afternoon, there was a limit to the amount of dams. Uh, references to one's ass right. were kept to a minimum. <laughs> uh, but in spite of some, some you know, supervision by the uh, CBS standards and practices, which is really business as usual. That you, they got to do it. Right. I mean, look at who might be at home at two p.m. on a Saturday watching. So I, I, you know, I, I understand it. We did not lose any of the fun or joy of the show. You'll see.
3: All right. So, as we're watching the whole day progress, how long? Because TV is obviously very different than how it actually happens with raw footage. How much time is, is cut out? How are you able to package it together to most uh, grab the audience's attention?
5: Well, it's interesting. Is sometimes you work backwards in television, which is like original media comes to me and says, John, we have the money to do a seven hour shoot. And I say, okay, here's the foods that we're going to be cooking. Okay. So that's how we work it. It's really, it's a question of finances sometimes. And, and what's important to me in any show I do is character. I'm more interested in what makes people tick than I am what they inject their butts with. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it, I think what makes television watchable is a cast and that you have different people represented and you have different approaches and you have a chemistry between the characters. It, I treat it like any sitcom that I cast. So, so basically I wanted these people squeezed together. I wanted them – I mean I look at – uh, can I go back to Best in Smoke for one second, Greg? Please, by all means. It looks like they're out on the plains of some (laughs) God-forbidden area in the United States. That don't look like – just because New York's in the background, they got these people out there. There's no set. There's just their smokers. I mean, I don't know where the money went on that production. It must have went into the hotel suites that the production guys stayed in. I didn't see what, what happened to our poor cooks. They were treated like crap. It looks like.
3: And yet there All was right. like stand-up refrigerators out in the middle of
5: nowhere. What the hell? What the hell was that?
1: that so it was weird.
5: like let's take people and stick them out. I mean, I'm surprised that they, you know, didn't that really they didn't try to orchestrate lightning that could kill somebody on the show. Right. Let's let's kill someone with lightning and shoot that. Um, You can tell I'm angry. I'm just angry at what they did to barbecue. And I'm angry that I took such a hard time for what I did. (laughs) Of course.
3: Uh, We're talking with John Marcus, by the way, and Ultimate Barbecue Showdown will air uh, 2 p.m. this coming Saturday on CBS. John, let me ask you the question that I'm sure some others probably don't have the testicular fortitude to ask. Bring it. Uh, And that's this. John, there's fans of barbecue out there. They've seen more than one of the people that are in your cast a lot more than once when these shows air there are other cooks that have won a lot more at least currently than some of the guys that you have on there so give us the insight here john when you're putting together the deal uh, with cbs and obviously you said they kind of gave you free reign of cast uh, why do you choose to go back to people that you have had is it just a matter of comfort and you know they're going to be able to bring it for the first show or or, or what How, where's where's the mindset with that
5: well, I, that's a very fair question. And as you as you can imagine, Greg, when I'm out on the circuit or at events that I like to go to, I get this question constantly. Um, I had a wonderful experience of being at the barbecue convention in Greenville, South Carolina. And I was, I was given the opportunity to have a seminar where they brought in groups of nine or ten people every 30 minutes. And they sat around and they got to ask questions about being on television. And at every group that was bought, brought in – I started to talk, but they stopped me. One person will put their hand up and say, I have a question to start with. And I say, go ahead. And they always say, why the hell didn't you put me on the show? (laughs) I would never ask that question. Well, some people do that. And, you know, I listen, the fact that people win and are very good at what they do is a wonderful thing. And I wish I could recognize all champions. And by the way, you know, we did have a a giant in the world of barbecue. We did have one of the finest pitmasters out there turn us down for TLC. Wow. Uh, and that would have been a new face and someone that everyone in the world acknowledges to be one of the best. Sure. So they turned us down based on the contract. It was their right. right. And, and, uh, and maybe they made a good decision because of what happened with that second <laughs> TLC show. Who knows? But, but so to those people who tell me that, I will say right back to you, give me a great audition tape. That's the least you can do for me. I know you cook well. I know you're a champion. But show me that you need to be on my show. It's fair. This is not a democracy. This has got to be where we put the people that are best on. Now, were there repeats on this show? Of course I had to dip right into my cast, back into my normal cast of characters. And the reason for that, Greg, is that we had 21 days from the day we got a green light to get this show done. Wow. And I had no choice. We, we actually went to a couple of people first that were clearly still under the TLC contract. We didn't want, we didn't want to get in trouble again. Uh, so we had contractual issues with TLC. Uh, people that got in the finals on a TLC show were still under contract. We didn't want yeah. to rock the boat. Right. So what you saw on my show were the best of the best that were my go-to people that I had no other time to audition other people. If I get another one, And I'm hoping people watching the numbers that we will get a show that gets shot for our Labor Day weekend. I promise to reach out there if you guys come back to me with something that tells me, put me on your show and that I agree with you.
3: All right. Two follow up questions. One. So is this kind of what we're going to see Saturday? Is this kind of like a pilot where there have been some type of benchmarks or metrics that CBS has set forward to you saying you have to hit these in order to get some type of reorder?
5: Well, let's put it this way: it's called show business, Greg, <laughs> <Right. laughs> and, and it is a business. And if we tank, see, why would CBS want to spend you know a few hundred thousand dollars doing another one? I'm with them. You know, let us prove our mettle. Let's show people that we deserve to be on. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to the barbecue community and think about whatever I do the way you do. I'm saying what you're going to see on Saturday is the most authentic honorable representation of barbecue I think you will have ever seen on TV. And you're going to see it on network TV. This is going to be the most people who have ever watched a barbecue contest Mm -hmm. on television.
3: Uh, The second follow-up question, as you uh, posed one back to me, show me why you need to be on your show. What makes for a good audition tape? I'm not obviously asking you to spell out what people should be doing like you do in cooking classes. But as you're watching audition tapes, what stands out to you?
5: Hello. It's a good question, and, and I don't want to give advice that's going to make people all do the same thing. So I, that's what right. my pause is. You know, usually I can rush in with an answer to anything, and I took a pause there for a second. So what I want to say to, the, to those who want to be on the show – What seems to work for me is, A, somebody who is themselves. Like they're not out there trying to be a used car salesman. Mm -hmm. I mean there are a couple of people that are really good at like that kind of talk, and I'm not going to name names, but I put them on TV because they're hilarious and they're good at it. But find out – like talk to your wife or your girlfriend or your husband and find out like what are the qualities you like about me? And if the person says nothing, (laughs) then find another girlfriend. Right. But, but if, but what makes you, you, what is your, and how does it manifest itself in your approach to cooking? You know, like, why is it that somebody in America would look up at their TV set and say, you know what, I'm going to watch this person for a little bit longer. Show your joy, show your skill, show your presence. Give us a reason that like, if we were, if we were walking along a county fair that what wares you had in your booth, we'd stop and look at.
3: So it's, it's, it's safe to say, John, that uh, the people that are barbecue diehards, in your estimation, for what you're telling me, from what I'm able to tie back to what you have said currently using my extravagant salesman techniques, that this show will be right up our alley, will be the most authentic show that we have ever seen that has to do with competition barbecue on television.
5: Uh, listen, I'm making that point. I'm sticking my neck out to say that. I'm not trying to sell it because really the truth is it is what it is. It's all edited. It's all locked in. Right. I can tell you that I've seen this cut now five times. We, There's a guy named Jordan Malari who was our line – he was not our line producer. He was our showrunner. He was the guy, and he was a, he was on board with us on TLC Pit Masters. I want to really give a tip of the hat to this guy. He was It was his first showrunning position, and he really rose to the occasion. What he was able to do is from his familiarity with the world based on his work on the other TLC shows, he's one of the producers on those other shows, he went in like gangbusters and he knew what he had to get. I I have to tell you that all I know is you're going to laugh at this show and you're going to find out like a couple of tips. You're going to see all these people at their best and their finest and then you're going to see barbecue judging like you've never seen it before. This, This really, to me, represented like the real emotion of being judged. The real feeling of having your your hard work and your hours standing over that pit being like called onto the carpet in a way that was real. This is not Chopped, which is a show that if I watch it, I actually do have a rash the next day. <laughs> this, is a, this is a show that's about people judging meat in a way that's authentic. And listen, all, all the people involved with these shows are talents and good cooks and stuff. They're forced to do things that I just think are overly dramatic and don't show humor and don't show character. And that's what this show's about.
3: John Mark is joining us here on the show, talking about his upcoming show Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS, The Ultimate Barbecue Showdown. John, perhaps an even more important question than the one I just asked for uh, you know, the, the barbecue sect. Will the casual CBS viewer like this show when they happen upon it this coming Saturday? And that has to be kind of like a demo that CBS wants to grab with us, somebody that's there watching CBS at 2 p.m. I think we all know that while the barbecue lovers are very vocal about what they like and obviously what they don't like, we make up a very minute fraction of the viewing audience. So that's right. I mean, is this show going to appeal to like my wife, for instance, who just likes to eat what I make, but has no interest in barbecue whatsoever?
5: Um. You know, I I certainly am not going to be arrogant enough to say who's going to like this, because I mean, no one knows. That's the beauty of, of, of putting stuff out there. Nobody knows. That was what the great screenwriter William Goldman said about Hollywood nobody knows. But what I will say is this: Let's say you're like, I'm, let's say we're in between a golf event and like, uh, uh, what, what what's on these Saturday? What what sports events are on, Greg? What what might we be sandwiched in between there? Could be baseball.
3: Looked. Could be maybe the I don't know if the the well the playoffs probably won't be during the day, but it could be baseball game.
5: All right. So let's say you're watching these good-looking athletes, you know, with their with their bodies and stuff, and they're 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 highly paid and they're fast and they're. They can whack a ball over the fence, all this stuff. And you're watching. You're watching that, and that comes to an end. And then all of a sudden, you look up, and there's Myron Mixon. <laughs> so and what? you're saying, why is this guy on TV? You don't know Barbecue. And you know Myron, you don't know Myron. you go, well, why is this guy with the beard and the swagger <laughs> standing in front of a big black device just belching smoke talking about how he's the best in the world? I think you're going to watch it. You know, if you don't know this guy and if you don't know Tuffy Stone, then you're going to go, well, Wait a minute. What's a skinny guy doing cooking barbecue? And you're going to probably watch it. And you're going to say, well, what? You're going to look at that Jambo Pit and go, why does that look like a race car? I, I think that there is something that's really kind of – listen, I, I had no idea what barbecue was until 10 years ago when I started to get into it. I still have the same kind of love affair with it that I did when I, when I got to cook with Paul Kirk in Lenexa, Kansas. I think we're going to reach more people here because more people are watching TV. And I think it's packaged in a way that is friendly and accessible and celebrates barbecue as an American artisanal art form. And that's what this show does. This particular episode isn't out to eliminate people, isn't out to really show what's negative about their personality. We're out to show what people adore and we're also out to show there's a great deal of camaraderie in this sport people just really at the end of the day admire the people who do it well and i think that's what we're celebrating
3: in the final edits john is that you uh, in conjunction with cbs or is that something that cbs has complete
5: control over cbs has complete control over what it airs on its network that's why we went through the final stages of editing some of the language out you know and that's what they that's what broadcasting has always been you know they have to deal with the fcc mm-hmm. and cable doesn't so it is at the end of the day I mean I could go or Jay Peterson could go to the network and argue till we're blue in the face and say we need one more damn or can't we let Myron talk about his ass just once and how he, how he's squeezing it <laughs> and they're going to say no you shouldn't do that and we go okay <laughs> you know but it's not going to cost the show its character or its charm I think it's all still there
3: alright uh, last question here John before I let you go and uh, this Might be a little bit more in-depth than most people would want, but... I like barbecue. I like competition. And I'm not a competition barbecue cook by any stretch of the imagination. Not even by any stretch. I'm just not. Uh, I really have no interest in ever competing in a competition. I have uh, conspiracy theories about it all that I could bore you to death with off air. Uh, But the bottom line is I like to do it in my backyard. And this makes me feel like I am a sports talk radio show host but I'm covering something completely different that nobody else covers and I like it and I'm making relationships out of this. So I want to see barbecue obviously grow in general. And I also want to see competition barbecue continue to grow because that also gives me something to talk about each and every week. But when barbecue and TV are mentioned, and it would seem to most people that, you know, you are kind of the beginning and the end of this concept uh, if it's going to kind of pass or fail. You're pit master for a competition team. You really do have the like and the passion for what competition barbecue really is. But when it comes down to TV, there seems to be and maybe it, it starts to change Saturday, but there's always been a big divergence from what the competition circuit does every weekend and what makes it to air on broadcast channels. So, you know, let me ask you this regardless of how many times you get it on television, is there a possibility in your wildest fascinations, or maybe it's not even that far reaching, that there could be a, uh, like a channel like a, I now have video on the outdoor cooking channel. Do you see legs for something like that where it's all, kind of under the barbecue umbrella or ultimately are we going to have to just come to the goddamn realization that no matter how much we love it live and in person in the weekend it's just never going to be exciting enough to get on television and get legs and run with it
5: (laughs) well Greg I almost think you answered your own question there but let me say this (laughs) I'd say the competition barbecue world has a greater chance to catch on than curling (laughs) But that's an Olympic sport. (laughs) But it's only there every four years because it's curling. It's brooms and ice and a giant disc. And there's a lot of people out there that probably sit at home in their underwear and get very stimulated watching this. Right. Who doesn't? I I would say, okay, (laughs) if there could be people that are shirtless doing this, it might even do a little better but i do think that one of the great things about the internet and the coming age of information and 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 the coming age of you know of of media transformation i think that there is a great possibility that someone could say i'm going to put on the internet an all barbecue competition world where my cameras go but the problem is who's going to pay for this mm-hmm. It's travel. you got to put your, your – it might not be a union gig, but the camera guys have to stay in a hotel room. Who's going to put up the money? And, and as of yet, I don't quite think we're there. But the, but the good news is that all, these, all this equipment is getting smaller and the internet is getting to be a wider band of possible information. And I don't think it's ever going to exist on broadcast. It just won't it's like broadcast is going to be where you go to see the freak show. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we want freaks. We want rubbernecking. We want to be that 48 car pileup on the roadway that we slow down to watch. It's just a natural, it's just a natural and nasty kind of comment on our culture. But there's a new world out there of the internet. And I kind of think it's sort of appropriate. It's like, there's a lot of people that might sit down and watch it. The problem is as you know, competition barbecue is 94 percent downtime. Right. Is, is someone going to sit at home and say, I can't wait to see Johnny Trigg adjust his smoker?
3: But, uh, but couldn't the same argument, John, be made for this, uh, this golf or bowling or NASCAR? I mean, what the hell is happening <laughs> they're driving 500 miles and they're making all left hand turns. And as much as we're waiting to see, you know, who's injecting what into a brisket or a butt, the same amount of people that are watching NASCAR are hoping that that one left turn out of corner three entails a 28 car pileup. And that's the only reason people watch NASCAR on television.
5: That's right. And I'm, I agree with you, Greg. And then the only reason people might watch bowling is for someone to score a perfect game. Right? Well, and I don't know anybody that watches bullet. And we know how often that happens right. but people will watch. Now, in barbecue, who's gonna want to say, Will that brisket get all nines? How would we know if it's not there? <laughs> Listen, if someone wants to pony up the money John, I'm how, how much do you need?
3: I have my checkbook. How much do you need? I got at least eight or ten dollars I can send you right now, cash.
5: Well, let me. I I think (laughs) eight or ten dollars might get a beverage for you know Neil (laughs) Strotter. I mean, honestly, it it it, uh, it it really is a question of this is a this is a true cult kind of sport, and and it's grown. Look at how it's grown. It's grown by leaps and bounds. But what has grown are the feet on the ground, really, of people that come to witness it. What's once you cook a couple of competitions, I'm telling you something. There ain't room for pussies in this. Right? This is a hard-ass sport. I just got back from Las Vegas. I'm telling you something. I'm a wreck. I got one hour of sleep. We cooked hard. By the way, 12th place brisket out of 96. There you go. 12th place. Top and quarter. I'm, thanks to Ronnie Cates, 12th paid $250. Wow,
3: not too bad. Almost you know, covers and, uh, your 20- weekend of beverage.
5: <laughs> that's that's right. I could I could put it right back into R&D for that internet barbecue showdown world. <laughs> there you go. But 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 I uh, listen, let us all celebrate what it is. Let us all keep being passionate about it, displaying our love for it, practicing it, supporting it, and if it's going to grow, it's going to grow. And it's up to us to not tear down the attempts. We've got to support everything about barbecue except Best in Smoke.
3: I was just going to say that. There you go. Had to end it on that. It's uh, (laughs) John Marcus. You're going to see his show coming up this Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS, The Ultimate Barbecue Showdown. John, obviously I think I speak for the majority of the barbecue world in wishing you uh, success with the show. Hopefully we see it on again. But uh, withholding all of that and any raging success that you'll have with that, I always appreciate the fact that you actually make time for an Internet talk radio show that has a, a rabid following of few. But uh, we we appreciate the fact that you make time to come out on the show and, and talk about what you have going on. And uh, we really hope that this takes off for you. And uh, if it does, I would be more than happy to have you back on again so we can continue to pan Best in Smoke.
5: <laughs> Greg, you can have me on to do that anytime because we'll probably see it again and again and again on <laughs> Food Television.
3: All right, John. Well, we'll look forward to the show. and We'll talk to you again soon.
5: Let me hear from all you out there who watch the show. I want to hear how you feel about it.
3: All righty. There he is. John John Marcus, executive producer of uh, both of those Pitmasters shows. And he will have the ultimate barbecue showdown coming up this Saturday. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS. All right. I am late, but that was well worth it. We're going to jump right into um, the second hour here. I'm doing crazy things. All right. Malcolm Reed coming back for Bite Through Chicken Skin. So if you're competition cooked, stay tuned for crying out loud. He's giving away the farm, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah! Stick around. We'll be back in two minutes.
2: Understand
3: my intentions. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
5: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have
1: a great show. of a big fan. So, what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. It's
5: all about the charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? He wiener. Oh, listen, Laburnia, it's a I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could
3: use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
5: I just like being anywhere with junior, senior, and diva. do if it's a movie. Wow. Yeah,
1: really. Keep it hot. Keep it clean. Keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Mm-hmm.
3: Tough men. All right, just like that, we're back for the second hour. <clears throat> Getting ready to uh, chase down Malcolm Reed see what we can come up with here. He's going to be giving away the farm, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to bite through chicken skin. He is a competition cook extraordinaire. He has been on the show once before talking about the wiles of MBN, Memphis Barbecue Network. That's where he competes. Also does KCBS. And I saw a newsletter that he sent out a little while ago, and he was giving away the farm. I've said it 10 times. He's giving away the farm when it comes to uh, chicken skin. So I wanted to have him immediately. Holy, crying out loud. Are you kidding me? Let me go manual on this bad boy. Um, I had to go and see if I couldn't raise him up to see if he wanted to come on this show. And almost, uh, in a way, uh, let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. Welcome in Malcolm Reed for Killer Hogs. Malcolm, how are you?
6: Hey, Greg, I'm good. How are you?
3: Good. I apologize for the delay, Malcolm, but uh, John Marcus just wouldn't shut the fuck up. So I had to chase them all, uh, chase them off as quickly as I possibly could to get you on here. And uh, we're happy to have you. And I guess, Malcolm, if it's all right with you, before we start with the bite-through chicken stuff, and we can almost kind of treat this as just a one-on-one roundtable for competition chicken, and I've done it a number of times with some of the top chicken cooks out there in the country over the last couple of years, and inevitably... When we get into process, and especially when I bring up bite-through chicken skin, I get crickets. People just clam up, and they skirt around the issue, and nobody wants to bring it. So uh, as soon as I read your thing, I was like, man, we got to get Malcolm up here. He's not afraid to write it, so hopefully he's not afraid to say it. And you certainly weren't. We jumped and were able to put this together here tonight. Uh, Malcolm, before we go on, can I uh, can I take a phone call? Do you mind? Yeah, go ahead, Greg. All right. Uh, area code 425. Uh, you're on the Barbecue Central radio networks. Uh, also, Malcolm Reed joining us here. Go ahead and name in where you're calling from.
1: Uh, Linwood, Washington. Uh, who is this? Michael Stevenson. Michael, how are you tonight? Great.
3: Good. What can I do for you? Uh,
1: the, uh, Greg's doing a show right now, and he said to call in, uh, and you were going to ask questions and to win something.
3: Um, where are you listening to, brother? We're live here tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm watching the show on the uh, outdoor cooking channel.
3: That's right, and we're talking with uh, Malcolm (laughs) Reed from uh, Killer Hogs. Malcolm, sorry about that. Uh, no, that's no we were having no uh, four-segment free-for-all right now, Michael, but uh, we will at the end of the show, so just hang tight, buddy. Hang through it, and uh, we'll get there. Uh, Malcolm, for the people that aren't uh, familiar with who you are and Killer Hogs, a little background briefly about how you got in the whole barbecue thing, and uh, then we'll get into the actual chicken
6: discussion here in just a minute. Yeah, well, Greg, well, we we kind of pretty much started out as a as a backyard patio-type team here um, at our local contest in South Haven, where I live, um, they've been having the salad Springfest spring fest contest for as long as I can remember. And it was just a group of guys that we, you know, we thought we'd go out and have a good time and throw our hat in the ring, you know, and, um, of course we didn't do too well. We drank a lot of more beer than we did cook good meat, but, uh, the years went on and we just kind of, you know, started working, got lucky and won a few trophies here and there. And me and my brother kind of took it over and got pretty serious about it here. And I guess for the past, uh, Ten, eleven years. You know, we've we've been cooking and uh, mainly an NBN circuit, but we we've been throwing our hat in the KCBS too and working on different techniques. And that's kind of the direction I'm going now. I, um, I was searching too, like everyone else, for you know the right way to do stuff, and you always you always run into a brick wall. And and so uh, you know, as I kind of figured it out, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there and then try to level the playing field. Not only that, it just. Uh, it brings new people into the sport. You know, I, I feel like if if we don't if we don't help people out, you know, we got a good chance that you know these competitions might go away. And just helping people out, I think it'll bring new people in, and it's just good for everybody.
3: And you do Memphis barbecue networking, but you're also uh, getting into KCBS as well, then too.
6: Yes, yes. I, I, last year, you know, we tried to do about six KCBS contests. We, we do about twelve a year total, and I'm trying to equal them out. So that's kind of the way I'm going. We, we'll, uh, we'll be doing KCBS for the next couple months now until you know probably the fall. We'll be doing NBN Invitational and a big one at a casino down here locally in Tunica.
3: Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. His website, by the way, in case you want to check him out, see what they're all about, KillerHogs.com. All right, so let's go ahead. We'll start with this whole uh, chicken uh, kind of unveiling, the uncovering of a bite-through chicken skin. So uh, what do you cook on first and foremost, Malcolm?
6: Um, well, I have several different cookers, just like all the barbecue cooks. Um, but I do my chicken mainly. I was doing it on a uh, backwoods party, and I like it just because I can crank the heat up on it real easy. You know, I have Old Hickory CTO, and it does fine on it too, but I, I just have better luck with that backwoods party for doing the KCBS thighs.
3: All right, and obviously you're using charcoal to fire that in, in wood chunks. Do you use briquettes, or do you use lump charcoal?
6: I use, I use a briquette that we buy, uh, locally from the charcoal warehouse here in Memphis. And it's called Chef's Delight. It's, uh, it's, it's made for restaurants. And it's, um, I would say it's just, it's a charcoal that's got some oak and it's got some hickory in it. But they don't have a lot of other junk in it. You know, it's just a good clean charcoal. Doesn't hash real bad. And it produces some smoke that you can, you know, you can just accent it with some cherry or some apple or some peach. And man, it just makes a good flavor
3: so when you head over to your chicken purveyor uh, and we're just gonna go let's set it up like you're gonna go to a competition uh, when you go get your meat do you go to I, I guess more and more people are starting to you know buy whether it be the beef or, or the pork or even now the chicken to like a, an individual producer or are you just go into Sam's club and, and buying whatever they have there
6: well, I've you know I've tried Whole Foods and Fresh Market some of that chicken, but I've had the best luck with that Sam's Family Pack. It's 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 been pretty good chicken for me. And the reason why I like it's because the si- the sizes they're they're usually pretty even. You know you don't you don't have a bunch of big pieces versus smaller pieces and stuff like that. But I've had pretty good luck with the Sam's chicken, so I'm kind of sticking with it.
3: Now, when you're buying the chicken at Sam's, once you get to the rack there, do you bother? paying specific attention to each individual package or you just grab the one that's right in front
6: you know i'm eyeballing big time I'm, I'm looking i'm looking for pieces that the skin covers it and they arrange it in the pack so you can pretty much tell you know i'm looking for the majority of them to have a pretty good piece of skin on it because i don't want that skin to draw up on me you know i want i want it to completely cover the thigh and that's real important um and if you look for that you, you can you can usually find decent couple packs you know
3: so when you're looking at the meat, are you looking for a specific color to the skin? I've had uh, you know more than a handful of competition cooks on saying that the skin has to be white and they don't want there to be any yellowing or anything like that. What are you looking for specifically in skin? Or, or does it not matter that much to you, aside from if it's just covering the fire, or not?
6: Well, you know, of course, I want the freshest possible. And the Sam's in our hometown, man, it gets hit pretty hard. So you don't really have to worry about chicken sitting there. Most of the time, it's, it's real white skin. Um, I have noticed like when you buy it and you, know, you let it sit out in the air a little bit when you're working on it, that it will start to yellow. I just think that's part of the, the air working on the skin. But uh, the, the one I'm looking for, I just want the freshest possible, that's for sure. All
3: right, so you have your chicken all set out. You're looking to have the skin cover the thigh. You're looking for fresh skin, you know, white, as fresh as possible. So when you undo the package and you're starting to begin your prep for the chicken cook for a contest, what are you doing as soon as you get it out of the box?
6: I'm going to take it, and then I'm going to look for the – I'm going to just go ahead and sort it immediately. I'm looking for the smaller pieces with complete skin over it. And I try to get the other pieces that are going to be close. And, that, and that's why I buy the big pack, So, because usually I can find, you know, eight good pieces in a big pack. Sometimes I'll buy two packs and try, and try to cook 12 for a contest. But I size it first, and, and you can tell when you do it several times which pieces are going to work for you. And after that, that's when the trimming process starts.
3: All right, so what does the trimming process entail? then?
6: Well, I will, um, I'll take the smaller piece and take any kind of visible fat. You'll, a lot of times you'll find some fat pockets on the side, um, the little oyster, the oyster meat on top of it. You know, I'll take that off if it's hanging off too far. And then I'll take the skin and flip it. I don't detach the skin. I leave the skin on, but then I'll take the edge of my knife and I'll just start raking real carefully, rake that fat off. And that helps, that helps get your bite through skin, raking that fat off. If you leave it on, it's tougher to render it out. It'll make for that rubbery skin. But if you'll take the time and flip that skin over and rake it off and then get all the other fat off, and on the bottom too, there'll be a little bit of fat sometimes. You trim that off. That's that's the first start. Are, and then I just take the other pieces and trim them to that piece. You know, I try to make them all uniform.
3: Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show from Killer Hogs Competition Cooking Team. We're talking about chicken specifically here right now. Malcolm, when you're kind of getting that fat off the under part of the skin are you taking the the whole flap of the skin off completely and working the knife with it or do you leave it attached and then you know just kind of scrape off and then and lay it back down
6: no I don't detach I leave it on I leave it I leave it on the tie and then just rake from where it's attached back and that usually it usually sticks I, I have I have taken it off before it just seems to do better if you leave it attached you don't have to worry about drawing up as much
3: so after you get the fat and all that uh, initial trimming process done everything's all evened up what's next in the prep process
6: we're going to go ahead and wash them up and get everything cleaned up and then i just do a a brine on them and um, it's not a real you know it's not a real secret on my brine of course i use some italian dressing but i you know i throw some rub in there i throw some salt in there a little sugar in there and water, and that's you know it's a pretty simple brine, and I just let them soak in a ziploc bag and, until I'm getting ready to cook them the next day at a contest, and you know which usually starts around seven o'clock. And I start getting ready to fire up my chicken.
3: Have you ever injected chicken thighs at all?
6: You know I haven't really played with that. I, I'm I'm one of the ones that cooks them in butter. I don't I don't do them in the pans. Ooh. I I do them well. I do it in a pan, but it's like the half size uh, aluminum pan. And I'll make me a little butter bath with some of the rub in it that I'm using, just trying to keep those same flavors going. And I and I just think that the butter, cooking them in that, it soaks it up in the meat and just, it makes it real tender. I've never really practiced injecting it in it. I just don't, I don't know how well it'd hold it, but I think if you cook it in that butter, it really adds a lot of flavor.
3: Uh, when you're done marinating it, are you, before it goes on the cooker, do you apply a uh, rub to it at all?
6: Yes, yeah, so I put my, that's when I put the, my competition rub on it. And, uh, i'll um flip the skin back a little put a little on the underside then put a little bit on the top but i really want to concentrate on the underneath of the thigh because that's the first thing that judge is going to taste when that when it hits their mouth you know they're taking a bite of it skin up and that bottom is where their tongue is and that's where they're hitting the flavor you can really you can really pack on some punch right there
3: now is the rub that you're using something that you're making at home and it's your your secret competition rub or are you using some other manufactured rub at competition
6: no i'm using one we make it's and uh, you know, I've we've been making it for a while and we've been putting it out and selling a little bit of it. Some people have had some pretty good luck. Um i am getting reorders on it so I guess people are liking it, but it's uh it's just a um, it's a sweet it's kind of a not a real sweet rub, but it's not too salty either and it's got a little punch, a little back end heat, and it has some other herbs and stuff in it that really stick out. It's unique. Um it's 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 great for chicken, ribs, pork and beef. I mean, it goes on all of it and it's uh it's been doing really well for us.
3: So after you get it, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I
6: was gonna say we call it the barbecue rub. Period. It's the only one you'll need.
3: <laughs> uh, Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. After the chicken is done marinating, um, anything else that you're doing to it, preparatory wise, before you get the cooker fired up and, and they hit the they hit the cooking portion.
6: No, that's pretty much it. I mean, once you get it trimmed, that's the that's the whole worst part about chicken. The whole cook process is pretty straightforward. Um, but once you get it trimmed and marinated. That's um. That's about all I do to it, and I take it back out. And when I'm firing it up, I bring it out and you know, kind of shake the marinade off. I don't wipe it off. I take it out of it and let it drip pretty good, and then get it seasoned up and let it sit there and, and come up in temperature a little bit because it's been on ice. And then um, when the fire's on, I'll have my butter in a pan with a little rub in it, and I'll just go straight to the pan with
3: it. All right. So you get the cooker fired up. Uh, you add whatever. What type of wood do you like to use on chicken for smoke flavor?
6: I've been using cherry. We've had real good luck with it, and um, got a real good supply. And uh, I just like the way I like the the sweetness and the mildness of it. It's not too hard on anything with the charcoal that I'm using.
3: And you're putting it in a pan. So, uh, I guess for the people that aren't aware exactly what you mean by that, uh, you're not taking what you've marinated and just sticking them right on the grates. These are going into aluminum pan. And do you have uh, butter melted in it already, and it's just going to start swimming in it?
6: Right, right. It's it's. it's what I call it a butter bath, and the, the trick is you don't want the butter to cover the thighs. You want them just to kind of bathe in it when it comes kind of halfway up. So I found about you know, a stick and a half or about half, half of the magic blue bottle, people like to call it. Wow. That if you go ahead and squirt that in the pan and then put a little rub in it and let that sit in the smoker while you're getting it up to temp, it'll be perfect for your thighs when it comes time to drop them down in it.
3: And how many are you putting in a half pan?
6: I usually get about eight. If I'm doing a contest, I'm doing twelve pieces. I'll do six and six, but sometimes wow. I'll just do eight.
3: And we're looking at like a stick, or did you say a half a bottle or a whole bottle of the of the parquet?
6: That's about a half usually. Wow. It doesn't take it doesn't take a whole. I mean, you don't you don't want to get too much. Believe me, that butter when it thins down and, it can, and you get the more chicken you put in there, the more it's going to make it come up on the thigh, and you don't want it to cover them because that's that's where you're trying to render that skin down. You want that butter to flavor from the bottom up, and you're wanting the skin to go ahead and render out on top.
3: When you put them in the pan initially to go in the cooker, skin side down, skin side up?
6: They are all they go skin side up.
3: Do you flip them over at some point?
6: I do after... after the, See, when I take them out of the pan, you got to be real careful because they're going to be super tender, and that skin will move around on you, so you got to wear some good insulated gloves or use some good tongs where you don't grab it too much and lay them on the grate, skin up. And then I'll let them go about... Thirty minutes, and then they'll go skin down, and then they'll go another thirty minutes, and then it's time to glaze, and you're done, chicken.
3: All right, that's now chicken. hold on one second here, because I have to write this down so I can try it over the weekend. Uh, you're right. gonna you're gonna put it uh, skin down in the pan in the butter initially.
6: No skin up. Skin, skin up in the butter.
3: Skin up in butter. All right, and then what do you uh, what do you keep your pit at temperature wise to cook the chicken?
6: That's see that's that's the that's the next important thing on chicken is a right. pit temp. You want that. You want it at 275. I found that that's what it takes to cook chicken, and it cooks it fairly quick. But that that higher heat renders out that skin. That's where you're getting that bite through skin. A lot of times, you know, people will, will want to cook at 225, right in that range, and mm-hmm. it's just I found that it's not enough, not enough heat to really break that skin down. If you'll take it up to, you know, 250 275 range, I like I like to have my smoker at 250, and then cook on the top rack, which would be about 275 difference on the cooker I'm using.
3: How much time are you allotting for the chicken to cook?
6: The, the whole time yeah. takes about two hours.
3: Okay, so you're in. And a, I usually
6: allow fifteen minutes for boxing. So,
3: all right. Well, I'm not going to box here. So, uh, skin side up yeah. uh, initially, and so you're running a two seventy five. How long skin side up initially in the uh, butter bath?
6: You're going forty five minutes in the butter.
3: All right, and then we're going to take it out. We're going to put it so it's uh, then skin side up on the grate.
6: Yep, for thirty minutes.
3: For thirty minutes on the grate, and that's out of the butter now. And then you're going to uh, you're going to set a glaze on it after that.
6: Well, after that thirty minutes, I flip it over to skin down for thirty minutes. Oh, okay. So, got another, so you're looking at an hour and forty five there the total.
3: All right, and then and
6: then that gives you fifteen minutes to glaze. When that when the after you do the thirty minutes with it going down, you flip it back over, and that's where you come with your glaze. And usually, I'll go ahead and glaze the bottom and season it up. And then flip it and Mm -hmm. then go ahead and glaze the top, and you don't flip it again. It'll just be set at that point.
3: Now, uh, when you are glazing it, I I know I asked you if you were using your own rope, but you said you were. Uh, Do you use a manufactured sauce or are you making your own sauce as well?
6: Well, we make our own sauce. And um, it's, you know, I I tell judges in MBN, it's it's not really a tomato sauce and it's not really a vinegar sauce. It's kind of a combination. It's sweet and it's got some tang from some vinegar in it, but it's also. You know, have some of our rub in it. It's just has—we're picking up some of the same flavors.
3: I, I don't know and if you've I, ever uh, had it or not, um, and I just got my hands on um, both of Blues Hog's sauce—the the regular and then the Tennessee Red. Uh, would you say that yours is is more along the lines of a Tennessee Red? If you've ever had it,
6: it would be along a combination if you mixed both of those. Okay, so added added and added a little, maybe a little pineapple juice or something like that. Oh. I've actually used those in competition before. And they're really, really good, really good, really good combination. I do, I do think some of the blues hog. If you use the regular, you know, by itself, it's, mm-hmm. it's got a little stronger taste to me for for our area. But but when you cut it with some of the red and then a little juice, man, it's it really it's a great combination of commercial sauce.
3: And are you selling your sauce as well as your rub?
6: Um, no, we're not selling the sauce. Just just the rub.
3: Can't give all. You can't one, you can't give away day. the farm, right? Can't give away the farm yet. <laughs> yeah,
6: you can't give away the farm just yet.
3: <laughs> all right. So you flip the you flip the chicken over. You set that glaze for the final fifteen minutes uh, before you pull it off. This potentially could be a stupid question, but I've had people tell me no. Are, are you hitting it with some type of thermopen to, to see it at 160, 165, or uh, do you not care about temperature too much?
6: Oh uh, no, man, I've done it so many times. I know it's done. I've, I'm not really checking. I mean, I have a thermopen, but I usually reserve that to my bigger cuts of meat. I don't really have to do it on chicken.
3: All right, so after it comes out, uh, you resting it for a certain amount of time. Does it then just uh, you know go into the box and you're you're off and running?
6: It pretty much goes to the box, but we you know we allow a pretty good win. We allow at least a fifteen minute window to get it right. Um, I have found out that if you if you go ahead and taste it as soon as you take it off, that that skin's probably going to come off on you just because it's hot. <laughs> that you know a lot of times people think their their skin's not right, but if you will wait a few minutes and try it, that's more like what the judges are going to do. You got to think they're going to get it. When the window opens up, they still have to get the boxes out to the table and they have to open them up and let the judges judge them. So, so you're getting a pretty good hold time. It's it's going to cool down a lot, and um, that's that's really that's the kind of feel we're going for. We don't we don't really cook for the hot quality meat because a lot of times the judge ain't going to taste it like that. You've got to you've got to think about that sitting process and that's the, where your flavors are going to stand. You have to try your product after it's been rested a while to, no, to kind to of, get Judge what the you know what they're actually going
3: to taste. Yeah, I was just going to say that because uh, I think a couple months ago I had had Melissa Cookson on from Yazoo's Delta Q, and we were talking about you know flavors and profiles, and she made it a point to say you know when they're doing testing and when they're thinking about changing something with their profile, when they cook the food they let it cool down. They're they're actually seasoning the meat to taste how it would. Almost not cold, exactly. but not, you know, screaming hot like it comes off the grill because that's how a judge is going to taste it. So that's exactly what we do, too. Do you taste? So how long are you waiting after you take it off the cooker to taste it first? Uh, because I've had some people tell me they don't even taste the chicken. Uh, you know, the yeah, we don't
6: one. we don't taste it. I mean, somebody might pick up one after that box is gone. And then we know, you know, if it was there or not. I mean, There's you just a is it just do. because
3: you know you've done it so long? I mean, it seems to me like if you taste everything else, why wouldn't you taste the chicken?
6: We don't really taste any of it. I mean, you might catch us working on the brisket just to check on tenderness on it to see if we need to get some different slices. But, the, I mean, the ribs and the and the pork and the chicken, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to the judge.
3: Is there no room at that point to, uh, to kick it up a little bit or, or dial it back or add a little bit more sauce?
6: Um you could probably add a little sauce or you know put a little more rub on it but I just I mean I think if you stick with the technique and it's going to be right I mean it's, you know if you do it if you do it at home and do the practice when it comes down to crunch time you're going to get it down as long as you stick with that technique All
3: right so is there anything else that we need to know any details that we have left out in regards to attaining that bite through skin on chicken because uh, some people probably think I'm just saying that uh, to be funny, but I'm actually going to give it a try because. The only time I've ever gotten bite through chicken skin when I've actually straight out grilled chicken at, you know, 400 degrees or whatever, kind of indirect. But I would like to try it as in true barbecue fashion like I would be in a competition. So if I'm getting the fat off from underneath and I'm uh, doing the uh, marinating and I'm running the cooker at 275 and then I'm following, you know, where it sits in the pan and when it comes off and all these different time frames, I should be able to just bite in there and everything's just going to come off in one piece.
6: It should. The only thing I can say, watch out for it, is putting that sauce on too thick there at the end. Because I've, I've found that if you really, you know, if you glaze it too much, that it'll, it'll just make that, it'll make that skin soften up a lot and it, you know, it might still be a little rubbery maybe. But, but if you just, you know, give it a light glaze, maybe just a brush, we use a silicone brush, just put a thin layer on and then you can always come back and, you know, cook on another thin layer after 10 minutes. You don't want to get it too thick, though. That'll that'll uh, mess your skin up too. You know, you see a lot of people dunking it in sauce and all that. And I think that's too much.
3: Is the skin, in essence, then it's not a crispy skin, but it's something that you could just bite right through and right, almost confuse right, yeah, it, it not, with the chicken.
6: It's not crispy. It's it's moist, and your teeth just go through it. That's what you want. You don't want you don't want you don't want a judge to take a bite of it and it all come off, and then be chewing on a wad of you know chicken <laughs> skin in their mouth.
3: That's no fun, right? (laughs)
6: Exactly. Yeah.
3: Well, my goodness. Uh, We're talking with Malcolm Reed. He's from Killer Hogs, and his website is KillerHogs.com if you want to find out more about them. you know, Malcolm, I've talked a lot about cooking classes on the show and if they're good for competition now, if if they're not good for competition now, at least in the last one, two years, uh, because you're seeing a lot of teams enter into the competition circuit now, and they want to ramp up. They don't want to... Well, I don't want to say they don't want to take the time to learn how to build an original flavor profile that kind of complements their team and reflects who they are. They just want to drop in. I mean, you know how it is. Going to any yeah. barbecue competition is a pretty decent investment. I would imagine you're looking at six, eight, nine hundred dollars $900 for the course of a weekend, maybe even more depending on where you're going. You want to get some of that money back uh, for the people that are just going to, to hang out or maybe they're independently wealthy and, and that's something completely different but have you guys taken any classes before or do you give classes what's your take on all that
6: we, have, we don't we have never taken any I mean I do recommend going to judging school you know if you're going to be cooking KCBS go take the judging class if you're gonna be going to MBN go take, you know go to school see what see what criteria you're going to be judged on that's a big understanding now. With my take on cooking classes is, and I think it's, you know, it's great if people want to take them, but um, we decided we were just going to give back the information that people are getting in cooking classes. It's kind of, um, you know, I've got boxes on there, I've videos that show you how to do it, stuff like that. But I, I really think, you know, it, it depends on the region of the country where you're at different flavor profiles. So you really can't just stick with one set way. You've got to be able to change it up too. Right. So, you know, using commercial sauces and, Different rubs and stuff—you got to know where they work and where they don't work. That's just part of being a, you know, a competitive cook.
3: You know, over the course of a competition cooking season, Malcolm, if you're getting reaction back from judges and you've been holding true to a process for some decent amount of time, at what point do you look at your categories? Maybe you're doing well and three of them, uh, and, and the chicken or the brisket or the pork or the ribs seem to be kind of falling off week after week. At what point do you decide? we need to reevaluate and then once you to make that decision how do you actually go about reevaluating is it wholesale changes or are you just making tweaks how do you do that
6: I would say it starts just tweaking a little I mean that's something that, that we don't do a whole lot of I mean, we've kind of found the, the techniques that work Now we might play with the little different flavors and you know for instance KCBS like around, around our area we'll be cooking baby backs instead of doing spares but when we go out you know and get on the road we'll switch to spare ribs And we'll switch our sauce up a little bit. I mean, it just—I guess it comes with um, doing it. You know, the more the more you do it, the more scores you get back, and you can reflect and kind of see how how the judging's going. Um, When you're playing with your flavor profiles and all that, uh, it's—you know—I guess you could get away from what you really want to do pretty easy. But we don't—we don't change ours up a whole lot.
3: Where uh, where do you plan on cooking next?
6: Um, the next one will be at the Variety Club KCBS here at Bartlett, Tennessee, and then there's a uh, following weekend. There's a, the Southern Shriners have a KCBS contest as well.
3: Is it hard to go? In, um, is it hard to go in between KCBS and and MBN? I mean, completely different judging styles. Um, uh,
6: yeah, it's. I, I wouldn't say it's hard. I mean, if anything, KCBS is a little more relaxed for us because we're used to having to. You know, really police our area and fix it all up, and then get ready for judges to come sit down in front of us, which we love. Mm-hmm. But it's you know KCBS, we can show up on Friday morning, you know, get our meat inspected, and it's like low key, listen to a little music, do what we got to do, and put our meat on, and you know, turn it in and go home. So it's it's uh it's a little it's a lot different, but they're both you know I, I love both of them.
3: When you're doing the MBN and you have uh, do you guys usually triple enter or do you just pick one category to cook and and, and pin it all out um,
6: well we do here lately we've been doing two we've been kind of skipping out on the ribs just because everybody does ribs and we figure we're specializing in hog and shoulders but we're going to start back this year doing three just to ramp it up another notch i mean the way they did their point structure now you get a little more points for cooking all three so We've never we've never really been a points chasing team just because we don't have the finances to do that you know cook every contest like some of them do but but um, it's a challenge to do three and three on sets of onside judges and then do finals I mean here lately we've been doing two and making double finals and it's and that's even a, that's a pretty tough day right there
3: so if you're doing a triple entry. And you're doing an MBN event for the people that are really just most familiar with KCBS. What kind of an expense layout is that for you guys during the course of a weekend?
6: Oh man, MBN, uh, <laughs> you're looking at two grand off the top Ooh. for a weekend. Usually, I mean, uh, to enter all three, it's usually around four fifty. And then by the time you know you buy your hog and two cases of shoulders and two cases of ribs, you're you're in a grand before you've ever done anything. And, and that's, that's not cooking Berkshire either. <laughs>
3: I mean, can you <laughs> can you win and 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 cover uh, cover weekends of expenses or not?
6: Some contests you can, some you can't. You know, you, you know, you see people getting these checks for twelve hundred bucks for grand, and you know, they, you, you kind of depend on having to make finals just to just to break even, and that's the way we are a lot of times. I mean, we like to pick and choose which contests we do that have a bigger payout. That's you know.
3: Do you think that MBN has kind of reached as popular as it's going to be as a sanctioning body? Uh, would you like to – well, I mean, obviously you would like to see it continue to grow. Um, or, or do you think it kind of is what it is now? And uh, and do you think that it, the the sanctioning body gets the respect that it deserves? Because it is definitely a very hard – thing to do over the course of a weekend to have all of that involved and then you have on-site judging and you have the blind judging Uh, it's a completely different and i don't know if it maybe gets uh, the respect that it deserves and the notification and the justice that it deserves almost
6: yeah well you know i hope it hasn't reached its potential i mean of course you know that's what we started cooking so we're a little more partial to that way of cooking but it definitely it it definitely deserves all the you know the credit that it does get i mean it's tough. MBN is real tough. I mean, not any, not just anybody can get a cooker and come out and, and expect to make it at the end of the day and, you know, take a walk. It's, you know, KCBS, I feel like it's a little more even. You have a little better shot, and I, I guess that's why it's so popular. But MBNs it's, it's it's a challenge every time you show up to cook, especially, you know, when you're cooking against, you know, like Melissa Cookston and the guys from Ten Bones and just these other teams that's always winning. I mean, it's, it's a tough chore to pull up and cook
1: against them. Yeah, no I doubt about it. You
3: know, <laughs> I mean, is it, uh, is it intimidating, or do you, like the, do you like that when you see them and, and you're cooking up against them so you can kind of go up against the best?
6: Well, I like to go up against them myself. I mean, now I'm not saying I beat them very often, but I like to go up against them. I mean, it makes you feel good when you do, you know. Myron was hitting it pretty hard, and, you know, he was like, every time we showed up to cook, we'd go over to Georgia, and then he would be there, and we'd like, well, we know we got second. And, you know, I, I don't think I ever beat him one time, but – and it's uh you know it's it's tough.
3: Well, I think between you know Yazoo's and Jacks Old South there for a long stretch, you know they were you know one and two or two and one depending on what year it was, uh, winning team of the year there, and, and obviously had a lot of great success over there at the uh, MIM uh, particular competition that took place uh, last week, and uh, you guys cooked over there too, didn't you?
6: Yeah, yeah, we were there. We we did shoulders this year, and we came in 14th. We were we were satisfied with it. I mean, we were you know a little disappointed, of course, because you always want to get on stage, but uh, 14th out of all those teams, yep. man, we were we were pretty proud. There were some heavy hitters there this year for sure.
3: Oh, absolutely. A great turnout. Uh, Malcolm, before I let you go, uh, obviously I was talking with John Marcus here a little bit earlier, and, you know, as someone who's in the competition barbecue scene, I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on it while I have you. H- have you been watching any of that Food Network Best in Smoke show at all?
6: Yeah, I have. I actually haven't watched every one of them so far. All
3: right, so what's your take on it? What do you like? What don't you like?
6: Well, you know, I like it because it's about barbecue, but I really don't think it, it says a whole lot for competition barbecue. I'd like to see something more, you know, more in the line of what they've done in the past where they've followed some teams at a contest. I mean, to me, this is more like one of their, you know, challenge shows, you know, like where they, I forget what the show's chopped or whatever it's right, called. Right. Where they just throw up some stuff and you have to cook it. I mean... I don't, you know, I don't like the way you have to run to the truck and grab your meat. And you don't know what you're going to cook, and they pop all that on you. I mean, I guess it makes for good TV, but from my standpoint, I'd rather see something more about competition barbecue.
3: Uh, that being said, is it something that if if they approached you to be on a show, would you do it?
6: Oh, yeah, I would definitely do it, you know, just for the exposure. It's great, you know, to to be able to do something like that. I mean, I would, I would try it. I mean.
3: Are you pinning all of your hopes and dreams on this Saturday at 2 p.m. on Eastern Standard uh, Eastern Standard Time on the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown?
6: <laughs> I actually set it up the DVR just a few minutes ago before you called, but I'm gonna, you know, I hope, I hope it, does hope it does well. Has a lot of viewers there. That's a big time being on a, you know, CBS. That's that's good for it.
3: Malcolm Reed uh, just went ahead and broke down chicken for us like nobody else has on the show, unabashed and not holding anything back to give us that bite-through chicken skin. And you can find him at KillerHogs.com. And again, this is Malcolm Reed from the competition cooking team, Killer Hogs. Malcolm, always appreciate the time and the insight when you come on the show. Thanks for coming on tonight.
6: Yeah, Greg, I appreciate it, man. Anytime you need me to come back, I'm, I'm here for you.
3: All right, you know I'll be looking for you. Thanks for doing it yeah great thank you all right take care there he is it's mouth and read baby Well oh, good the, the the good news is uh <laughs> i hate to be the guy that is doing a talk show and saying oh uh, can you hold on a second i'm writing exactly what you're saying down because i'm actually gonna try that okay sorry about that yeah no back up 30 minutes on what what temperature, what wood are you using i 'm really writing it down, Maybe I will go ahead and try my hand at chicken competition barbecue in a backyard event whenever barbecue competitions come to Cleveland, which will be never Uh-oh. all right uh, now is um, is Michael still out there Michael you still out there buddy it 's time uh, we 're going to well hold on we 're going to do a giveaway here in just one second, but uh, Unless you're living under a rock, you know, like in the last 24 hours, Joplin, uh, Missouri, was hit by ridiculous and devastating deadly tornadoes. And I got a note from Stephanie Wilson from Slabs.com. And Cooker's Care has gone right down there and is going to help – First responders feed you know those people. First responders in Joplin, uh, Stan Hayes and Jeff Stiff have a pit fired up and they, they are already on their way. And basically, what I'm asking and, and asking uh, soliciting is donations. If you are somebody that likes barbecue and you like the fact that charity. Barbecue was out there, alive and well. Whether it's cancer sucks or whether it's Cookers Care, and that of course can be found at Cookers. That's K O O K E R S K A R E CookersCare dot com. And if you want to donate, you can send uh, money by check to Cookers Care Inc. That's K O O K E R S K A R E Inc. And you can mail it. To the same company name, Cookers Care, Inc., and that's 71625 Highway, Odessa, Missouri, uh, <coughs> 64076-7285. And uh, anything that you can spare, anything that you can donate would be outstanding. And the more I get, as far as information, they might uh, hopefully be setting up some type of a PayPal link, and maybe next week we can uh, do like a rolling fundraiser like we did for Cancer Suck Chicago there uh, about you know, two months back when we had Scotty Johnson on. We'll see what happens with that. Again, it's Cookers Care down in Joplin trying to help those people out. 71625 Highway O, Odessa, Missouri, 64076-7285. So look for that. Uh, area code 269, name and where you're calling from.
1: This is Jay from
5: rivers Michigan.
3: Hey, Jay, how are you tonight, buddy? good, how are you? I'm doing excellent, Jay. Thanks for calling in. What can I do for you, buddy? Uh, I
1: was calling in to see about uh,
3: your giveaway. All right. Uh, hold on one second here. I was just uh, pimping out the good folks at Cooker's Care. Uh, where is that? All right, here we go. Uh, Andy, uh, Andy, Allen, I'm getting a terrible feedback. Are you listening to the show at the uh, at the same time, Jay? No, I'm not. No, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll work through that. Uh, Andy Allen from Rooftop Barbecue is going to give away some of his sauce. And I wanted to know if you just might be interested in doing that. It's a competition sauce. Definitely. All right. uh, So you know uh, the way it works. Go ahead and forward me your shipping info. Greg at com, and we'll get you hooked right up.
0: All right. Thank
1: you very much.
3: All right. Thanks for calling in. Whoa.
1: Worst
4: audio ever.
3: Oh, my Lord. I was going to have him call back in. Oh my lord. All right, hold on. one second here. Where did I go? Uh yeah, so Andy Allen from Rooftop Barbecue and let me see here. Oh boy. All right. Um he had sauce coming in. I'm just trying to find the particular here. All right. He's going uh, he's making uh, 12 bottles available. For each winner, so that means we're going to have 12 winners here uh, during the course of uh, the next few weeks. It's a uh, competition style sauce. The name of the sauce is Rooftop Barbecue Competition Style Sauce. And you can find out more about it by going to Rooftop Barbecue, and barbecue is spelled B A R B E Q Q, B A R B E Q U E dot WordPress dot com. Rooftop Barbecue dot WordPress dot com. Uh, Here we go. Anybody else want a bottle? What about you, Mike? Call in and claim your bottle. Uh, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you have any thoughts about John Marcus's segment uh, during the course of the first hour. Would love to hear from you. Also, if you have uh, any takes on bite through chicken skin. Maybe you have a different method that you wouldn't mind sharing. Or maybe you uh, do something almost similar to what Malcolm does, but there's something in between. Um, Greg, the Karma Bus has left the show. We need to get that back. What does that even mean? The Karma
4: Bus.
0: Get that out of here.
3: The Karma Bus was all over the place. Uh, for instance, what the hell is his name? I can't think of. <laughs> Robert McGee from Munchin' Hogs at the Hilton won Smoke on the Water. <laughs> He flies a Barbecue Central radio show banner at his site. What are you talking about? Karma is alive and well, ladies and gentlemen. 810, name and where you're calling from. Michigan. Uh, Name, please.
1: Oh, Duran. My name is Mike. Mike! (laughs) Yeah!
3: What's up, Mike? How are you tonight, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. Good. First uh, time I listened to the show. I to the whole show. The,
3: it well, now. Wait a second. It's the first time you've listened to the show, or it's the first time you listen to the whole first show? First
1: time I. Yeah, I got. Yeah, uh, your guest that was on from uh, Killer Hogs. Yeah, Malcolm. Yeah, linked to it today.
3: Uh, through and, like, uh, did he send it to you through yeah, Facebook, or how did you, how did you get that?
1: He sent it to me uh, in an email because I signed up for his email releases oh, here okay. about. A week ago, and he. So I tuned in. I listened to the whole show. I listened to uh, him, and of course John Marcus for the first hour.
3: Yeah. So uh, first time listener to the show, then right?
1: First time listener to the show. I didn't even. Mike, you there, buddy? Mike. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. eating barbecue this year. Yes.
3: I'm sorry, you just dropped out there. I'm sorry. Are you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. You hear me?
1: Yes. Yeah, I can hear you.
3: All right. Uh, so, uh, un- be unabashed and be uh, brutally honest. As a first-time listener to the show, uh, what are your uh, th- thoughts about the content and the value of the show? Be honest.
1: Oh, I'll be real honest. Uh, I enjoy it a lot because I'm. Going to be a first year barbecuer this year, so I'm trying to learn as much as I can. Joining the circuit,
3: are you? You have a lot of uh, you have a lot of extra cash to throw (laughs) around. You're going to be so you're registered for four competitions.
1: Yeah, so far Uh, the whole month of June. Yes, wow, very excited.
3: Uh, And have you taken classes to ramp up? Where are you at?
1: Well, uh, my nephew. Uh, a shout-out for Q and Stoon in Berlin down in Kennesaw, Georgia. All right. Has taught me uh, a few things. Uh, I had the, the privilege of uh, watching uh, the cook team of Jacksonville South come up to Michigan uh, last year for the uh, smoke on the water in yeah. August. That was my first one. Right. So I got to uh, to hang out with those guys and, and kind of watch them. So that was That was my first thing, and then of course I went down to the uh, the cook in Kennesaw, and uh, and now I've bought a smoker and a trailer, and I've got about ten grand in this little hobby.
3: Wow! So yeah, that's that's what it is, man. It's like it's like boat. You know what boat stands for, don't you? Bring yeah, boat. Bring out another thousand. That's right. Same thing with barbecue. The more you cook, the more money you spend, and hopefully the more you win. So, uh, well, we wish you outstandingly good luck. You called into the show. That automatically, of course, uh, redeems you with the Barbecue Central Radio Show Karma. So that means you will win everything that you enter just because you called in tonight, Mike. So I'm sure you're very happy about that. Uh, Mike, I have some uh, barbecue sauce. Uh, This is called the uh, Rooftop Barbecue Competition Style Sauce. Is that something that you would be interested in trying tonight since you called in?
1: Oh, I'd love to try it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm open to anything like that that's going to help me, and uh, my ears are open, and my taste buds are open as
3: well. Yeah, this is a, a competition-style sauce, so all you need to do is send me your shipping address, and you would email that to Greg, 1G, greg at the BBQ Central show.com and uh, Andy will go ahead and send that out to you directly.
1: We'll do it, and uh, I really... Really appreciate it, Greg. Uh, I'll be listening to some of your archives, and uh, and I'll be listening to your future shows. You got some good guests on there, so.
3: All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in tonight. Amy. It's Mike, ladies and gentlemen, from Michigan. Lots of mics calling in. All right. So that pretty much squels the squelches, squelches, squashes, whatever. Takes care of the limit. I want to make sure that we don't give all twelve bottles away tonight. Um. How about a little instant reaction to where we're at tonight on video if you're uh, obviously there's an, still a number of you listening uh, just on the audio side so it's no different for you. Uh, I believe I didn't actually have any buffering issues on the audio side uh, like I did last week because I went ahead uh, conveniently and uh, decided to lower the stream quality not that you would notice because since we're just doing a uh, talk, there's, uh, there's no reason for me to continue to blast out at uh, 96 kilobits per hour. And, yeah, so it looks like everything went okay tonight. And just on the audio side, so we're, we're here video-wise. And, and, again, you do just for the people that are listening to audio. Maybe you're listening to an iPhone. Uh, folks, do you realize the technology that we have at our young disposal right now? If you have a smartphone – for instance, uh, I was just put into an iPhone 3GS. By the way, <clears throat> big big mention to Grill Star Apps for giving me a redeem code to find their uh, their application. It's uh, it's a, a very unique grilling application. That allows you to have like a multiple timer, and I'm going to go ahead and see how well this shows on the video. So this is uh, this is the Grill Star app, and then basically what you do is you just go down and you uh, would uh, click. You're not going to be able to see this uh, on the audio side, uh, but you go down and then you can you can click you know what you want to put in, and then uh, that shows up, and then there it shows up on the on the cutting block tap that and now uh, let me just do it here real quick uh, so we're going to ask i want medium rare steak and it's going to give me the suggestions preheat your grill to high grill over direct heat with the lid open for four to six minutes uh, for 10 ounce steak which is about an inch thick adjust your time by three to four minutes per side so okay i'll do that so i'll add to the grill And uh, now I'll put it on. And then, you know, I have three uh, heat zones. You can see where the red is right there. And then you have the direct heat, which is a little less right there in the middle. And there's indirect going uh, off just to your maybe left or whatever it is. So now I'll just go ahead and uh, uh, it's all backwards drag the meat uh, for crying out loud. Never mind. Now it's on and you can see now. Uh, the grill is, or the meat is on the grill, and you can't see it. I don't believe, but there is a timer, and it's going to ring and tell me when to flip it, and then I can add all sorts of different stuff, vegetables and other such revelry, and I'll have like multiple timers going on at the same time, so it'll beep 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 and let me know, and that way I don't have to set like one timer and try and gauge off of it. So if you have iPhones as well. Um, I could, I have, I believe, three other promo codes that I, I can also give away during the course of uh, these shows here over the next few weeks. So uh, thanks to uh, Ryan uh, from Grillstar Apps for giving me the promo code <laughs> today. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh, thanks to Rooftop Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen, for the competition style sauce. So who is, uh, who's down? I mean, we all like the, uh, the fact that we're on OutdoorCookingChannel.com for the live video feed. I do believe that this really gains legitimacy for the show, and this is the direction that we definitely want to go. And it seems that uh, from what I can ascertain from at least the direct feedback from Instant Feedback. We still have a chat room. Where you still have the ability to, to kind of see in. The, the, the audio is good. The video is good. I'm going to get a new high-def camera for next week, so the video will even be better. I will still be as ugly as ever, but at least it will be nice and clearly ugly instead of slightly muddled and poorly lit. Uh, there you go. All right. Let's go ahead and end it tonight. Many thanks to... John Marcus. He's going to have a show coming on, in case you didn't know about it, in case you missed the first hour. You go back to the archives. You can watch the replay of the show, this show, Thursday, right here on the Outdoor Cooking Channel. 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS, Barbecue Showdown. People competing, Neil Strauder, Big Mist, Bubba Latamire from Bubba Skew. Tuffy Stone from Cool Smoke, Myron Mixon from Jack's Old South. They will be judged by Chris Lilly, who is also taking part in that joke of a show, Best in Smoke on Food Network. Mike Lake, former KCBS president and KCBS cook. Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, will also be on the judging panel there, too. So, John promises that this will be the most true form of competition barbecue ever that has graced television. I will continue to remain skeptical if you will yet hopeful. I'm hopefully skeptical. Is that is that right? I'm skepti- skeptically hopeful. I don't know, whatever. Also, thanks to the callers for calling in. Thanks to Malcolm Reed for breaking down bite through chicken skin. I mean, you don't think I wrote it down, but I, you know, I really did. It's all right here. I wrote it down. I'm going to use it. You use it too. KillerHogs.com is his website. Thank you, thank you to Malcolm Reed. All right, we will be back next Tuesday right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks and video-wise on the Outdoor Cooking Channel, which can be found at OutdoorCookingChannel.com in case you're not there right now. And until then, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe.
1: Good night now.